Happy New Year. We had, a, we had a big party here last night. Um, anybody here for the party last night? Now, so hands up. Show them proud. That's right. If you came to the New Year's party last night and then we're back in church Sunday morning, you get like bonus double punch card punches today for your church punch card. That was pretty great. We had a good time here last night and we're going to have a fun time this morning. Kids, we're glad you're with us. It seems like all we've done for about six weeks is have the kids in church with us. So kids, are you excited to be in church listening to me one more time? Yeah, I just saw a couple nods. Yes. What's happening is they're all looking up at that balloon drop thinking something's going on there. This is going to be great. So I'm going to preach real long and, uh, and then just wait, make it arduous and painful for you to wait for the balloons to drop. We're going to drop the balloons at noon. This is our family happy noon year service. I'm just going to say it right now while I'm thinking about it. At noon, we're going we're gonna to do a little prayer time before that, have a chance for you to, as families or individuals to pray about what God might want to do in your heart or in your family in this next year. And then we're going to switch into party mode. And, uh, and so then we're going to get some hats and noisemakers and do a countdown. And then the balloons are going to drop at noon. And then what happens is the kids go crazy in the popping of the balloons. So it's going to get real loud in here right at noon. So if that is going to be something that uh, drives you crazy or you don't really want to listen to balloons popping, we'll give you a warning, but that's going to happen right after that countdown. You have been so warned. Did everyone have a good Christmas and a good week between Christmas and New Year's? Kids, are you ready to go back to school? Parents, are you ready for the kids to go back to school? Yes. Amen. It's that week between Christmas and New Year's where it's like there was a day during the week where we were getting set up for the for the New Year's party and so I was here getting some stuff and all of a sudden Steve Maxwell comes walking in and Brent Stevens comes walking, and we all kind of looked at each other, and we just said, had to get out of the house, didn't you? And we're like, yep, just had to get out of the house for a little bit. Um, we always have, we had a good week between Christmas and New Year's. We, we packed too many things in to that week, because in the years past, we've thought, oh, well, leading up to Christmas is super busy. Let's just put this family event or this dinner with friends in after Christmas in the week between Christmas and New Year's. Because for years we thought, we got nothing going on there. Well, you do that enough times, and the week between Christmas and New Year's is jam-packed, which it was for us in the Kerr house. We had a good week. There's one of the things that we love to do every year. There's certain, certain traditions, whether it's different family things or movies that you watch or TV shows that you watch. We have one TV special that we love to watch. If we record it, we're old school in the Kerr house still. Well, not VCR old school. We record it on the DVR, and then we watch it after Christmas. It's the Kennedy Center Honors. Anyone ever watch that special? So it's on CBS, the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. It is basically every year they highlight five different people from all the different areas of the arts. And they highlight them, and they say, we want, it's basically a lifetime achievement, and it's a broad, now Christy and I both have a music background, so we totally geek out on this stuff. And every year we record it, and we're excited to watch it. And then we try to make the kids watch it, thinking they'll have the same enthusiasm for it as we do. And every year they're like, this is dumb. And they don't want, anyone have that where you're trying to pass on a tradition that you enjoy to your kids, and they're just not quite grasping it? 
And I, th I think, well, okay, then go stare at the TikTok for another two hours if you want instead of watching this. But Christy and I watched the Kennedy Center Honors, and it's five different people from different areas of the arts. So there's actors, there's musicians, composers, even Broadway singers and songwriters, dancers, pop musicians. And so this year, and we love to watch it because there's always people that I've never heard of, and I'm like, and they do a whole tribute and do some of their uh, music tribute to them, and, and we watch it, and we really enjoy it. And this year, two of the people that were getting honored was, well, one of them was Amy Grant. So if you grew up in the 80s listening to Christian music, Amy Grant was who you listened to. And then you were a part, if you were in church during the 80s, you were a part of the biggest question facing the church world in the 1980s was, is Amy Grant still a Christian artist? Because she was on the radio and she was singing songs that were more pop songs. So that was one, and we were interested in that. And then another artist that I was a, I was a huge fan of is the band U2 from Ireland, and you've known U2, but in the 80s, they were huge. And U2 in the 80s, if you were a kid growing up in church, it was also the same thing. It was this band you like to listen to, and and then the youth pastor would say, you can't listen to that because that's secular music. And then we'd find, well, they're kind of Christians, I think. And we'd try to make that, you know, argument, right? Now, that might have just been me growing up. But because of that, and there were some other people honored as well, I wanted to watch this. I really enjoyed it. And here's why I'm telling you all of this. Because at one point, they were talking about the band U2. And there was an, a guy on stage giving a tribute to them. And the lead singer of U2's name is Bono. That's not his real name, but that's his name. And they were saying, Bono has always said that celebrity, they're a very famous band. Celebrity is nonsense. He said that. He said, celebrity is nonsense. It's just meaningless. Fame and celebrity is nonsense. And then they said this line, but it is currency. It's nonsense, but it is currency. And I listened to that, and I'm like, that's a great line. And they went on to say, for all these artists that they were, that they were uh, giving tribute to, this band, even though they were the world's biggest band for a couple of decades, they used their fame not just for self-service, but they went on, and, and other artists as well. They said it wasn't just about fame for them. They went in, and they made a difference in the world. They used their celebrity or their fame as currency to make a difference in the world. I loved that line. Using their influence for good causes, not squandering and wasting opportunities to bless others to make a difference. And that truly, what they said, was way beyond the music or whatever artistic vein they were a part of. They said they made a difference. They influenced for good in the world. And I thought, well, that's really what it means to be an influencer. Now, teenagers... When I say influencer, who are, you can just think of it, don't say who the big influencers are in your life because I will never have heard of any of them. But influencers today, if you have a, have a teenager, there's people online that are famous. They're influencers and people pay them, companies pay them tons of money for them to talk about their products because they have such a large social media following that if they mention something, all of a sudden it's going to sell like a bazillion of them. So there are times with my children that I'll be, they'll be saying, oh, this person's famous and I'll have never heard of them. And I'll say, well, what are they famous for? Thinking, oh, they're a great artist, actor. You know, they, they're a philanthropist. They invented something. No, and I say, what are they famous for? Well, they're just famous because they have 10 million Instagram followers. And I say, well, why do they have 10 million Instagram followers? What did they do? Well, nothing. They have 10 million Instagram followers, and that's why they're famous. And I'll say, so they're famous for being famous. 
And they haven't really done anything. And they, at that point, my kids are rolling their eyes at me like, okay, you know, boomer, get with it. This is, of course, how it works. It's, that's what an influencer is today. Now, here's why I'm saying all of this. The people in the room here, or if you're watching online today at the start of the new year, you may not be world famous. I think very few people in the room here are world famous. You might not be filthy rich or have a super large Instagram following. But you are an influencer, and that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes this morning. You're an influencer. You might not be any of those things that make somebody famous or a celebrity or an influencer. You might not have a billion followers, but you are an influencer. Ahead of you, you have, if we look at the year 2023, you have 365 days of currency to spend. We have more influence and more currency. Like it was said of the, the artists in U2, they thought their, their fame was meaningless except it was currency to make a difference. Everyone in the room here has 365 days in the next year of currency that you get to spend, of influence that you get to have. You have a year ahead of you with this many opportunities, this much currency, and how will you spend it? I was thinking of that when I was watching that special on TV, and as I was preparing for this message and praying about it and thinking about my own life, I'm, I, I do this, you know, it's pretty typical every year around the new year. Everyone thinks, oh, this year it's going to be different. I don't know what it is about the turning of a calendar year that causes us to think now's the right time to make some changes. We can do that anytime, but there's something about the start of the new year, and I do that every year. I'm like, this year, what are some things that I want to grow in? Kids, what are some things that you want to do this year? Hey, kids, look at me for a second. You got a goal? You got something you'd love to do this year? Eat more ice cream? That is moving up on my list. That's great. That wasn't even planted. He just said that. That's great. We all have these goals that we want to have in our life. I want us to think about that as the start of a new year. How will you spend your influence? It's kind of inspiring to think about that. If you have 365 days of currency, of influence for the good. You have time. You have energy. And let's be honest, we all have more money than we think we do to make a difference in somebody's life. You have the capacity over the next 365 days to learn something new, to grow. You have a great capacity to accomplish all sorts of things in the next 365 days. And some of you are like, I'm just in a fog from the New Year's party. I don't want to think about that right now. But let's think about that. We have a whole year of influence currency ahead of us. And how are we going to spend it? I'm going to read some familiar verses out of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, this is Jesus teaching here. In verse 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Then he goes on, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is talking to people who would want to be his followers, the people who would consider themselves godly people. So, as, a, as followers of Jesus, if you're in the room and you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus is speaking to us today with these verses. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt and light were meant to influence 
were meant to impact, to make a difference. Salt was used to purify things. In a world where there was no refrigeration, it was used to keep food um, from spoiling. It was used to cleanse infection. It was used to preserve. This is what salt was used for. It was used to impact and make a difference. Light was meant to illuminate. Obviously, that's what we would use light for, to spread, to dispel the dark. Salt and light were meant to impact its surroundings for good. And it is no coincidence that Jesus is comparing his followers to salt and light. If you are a follower of Jesus, your life is meant to impact others like salt and light to purify, to cleanse, to preserve, to push back the dark. Your life can bring blessing. Look at the end of that verse in verse, um, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Your life in 2023, 365 days of influence and currency, has the capacity to glorify God just by other people watching how you live and your good deeds and the way that you live this next year can cause people, think about that, kids, think about that, that your friends could look at you and say, wow, I want to glorify God because I'm watching these lives. That's amazing. That's our hearts cry for Uh, That's our prayer for the kids and big top kids and the students in our youth and for the grown-ups as well. We're never done doing this, right? That our life can make a difference so much that other people will look at your life and glorify God. Now, that is a wonderful and high calling that we get to be a part of. Amen? That is a wonderful thing that we can get to be a part of. So, we are influencers. We're influencers. Even with... 14 Instagram followers, or if you don't even know how to use the Instagram, and Instagram now is probably old-fashioned, right? The kids have moved on to like probably four or five different social media things. Be real. If you don't know what be be real is, ask a kid. They'll show you. Um, We are influencers. How will we spend our 365 days of currency? So I just want to highlight some different areas. And then what we're going to do in about 10 minutes, maybe 5, 10 minutes, is you got a piece of paper that you were handed as you came in. You can do this as individuals or as families. And what we're going to do is spend some time. You can do it on your own or if you're with your family. We're going to, we've done this every year when we do our New Year's service. Huddle up together and talk about how you would like to spend some of your days in the, year, in the new year growing, learning, influencing others. It can be stuff that you're praying for, loved ones that you are praying for, needs that you have in your family, goals that you have in your family. That's what we're going to do on the piece of paper that you were handed in just a minute. But I just want to kind of maybe uh, spur some thoughts on for how this could apply to you. Because this will apply different to everybody. But there's lots of ways that you can influence the world around you. There's lots of ways that you can be a blessing. So first of all, just think about yourself for a moment. You have 365 days of influence and currency to spend in the next year. For you yourself, how will you grow? How will you grow? What will you learn? What risks could you take? I think for me, I I noticed this especially as the year went on. I got more and more, again, so I'm preaching to myself here. I got more and more comfortable spending too many evenings just kind of sitting on the couch and watching a sporting event on TV and just kind of wasting away the hours. Now, sports is fine, and some of them were actually enjoyable to watch. But then what I find is, well, that's kind of background, and then I will pull up my laptop or my phone and start scrolling through something. And there's been times where I've had, like, game one on this TV 
laptop hockey game going, and then I'm scrolling through something on social media, and Christy will say, what in the world are you doing? And I will look at it like, yeah, that's a bad, that's a bad sign right there. Not, just, not that any of those things in and of themselves are terrible, but have you noticed you can waste away three hours by staring at a screen pretty easily, right? Now, don't, I know some of you are like, oh, maybe you want to like elbow the person next to you so you don't feel the conviction of yourself. We see it in our kids. Parents will say that to our kids. We do the same thing. Maybe it's just me. I notice a difference in my soul, in my energy, in my optimism, where instead of kind of just numbing away the time with screens in front of my face, I sit down and listen to music or read a book or do something that is engaging. What books will you read this year? How will you spend 365 days for you to grow? Some of you have gifts that God has given you, gifts that he wants you to use, writing or music or something like that, where you have a passion You've got to develop them. You've got to work on it. God doesn't give you just all of a sudden you're an expert at whatever it is he has for you to do. There's going to take some time to practice the piano or write, learn how to write a book or to do all the things to grow into the gifts that God has for you. How many hours will you spend? This is what God has put in front of you. You have great capacity to grow. How about your health, your physical health? We were joking as a few of the guys on staff that some of, the, some of the dress pants for the New Year's party fit a little snug last night as we were trying to fit into them. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's an energy currency, an influence that you can have over your physical health this year. Maybe it's a bad habit that is a destructive habit. Maybe it is just getting more of a healthy lifestyle. Here's the deal. Physical health is a way that we can honor God by being a good steward of what he has given us right? We can start that this year. The gyms are going to be super busy for the next three weeks, right? Because everyone's doing the same thing. Wait it out. You'll wait out most people. This could be the year where you make a, a significant change in your physical health that will just be a huge blessing to you. It could be spiritual. We're going to do something. We're going to start it um, next week. Christy's going to preach on this passage of scripture. Every year we do this, and I kind of make jokes about it, we memorize scripture. I don't make jokes about it because scripture's funny. I make jokes about it because every year I say, we're going to memorize a passage of scripture this January. And the church collectively goes, oh, again, we're going to try it. And the, and the response is tepid at best of people who are participating in memorizing scripture. Maybe there is some energy currency that you could put into developing your life of prayer, developing a life of Bible reading, and memorize a few verses of Scripture. We could all do that, right? I know we say as we get older, oh, my, my brain just doesn't work that way anymore. It'll, it'll kick into gear. You'll be fine. If we memorize a few verses here and there, it's going to be fine. We're going to memorize Scripture. So that's for yourself. A couple other things as we wrap up. For your family, for your kids, for your marriage, how could you invest currency influence time and energy into your marriage and your kids. And that could be something that maybe God's put on your heart to invest in a certain relationship, invest in a certain issue, problem, a, a goal, a dream that your family has had. You've got 365 days of currency to spend. Will you spend some of it investing in your family? How about your church? How about your faith? Um, all of us, and we say this often, if you're a part of our family, we don't we're glad that you're here. Whatever, whatever step you are in your faith journey, in your walk with the Lord, but here's what we ask. We just want everyone to grow. We want everyone to take a step this year, whether that's finally committing and saying, okay, I've been kind of dipping my toes in the water or I've been seeing faith in Jesus as kind of like a, 
an extra thing in my life, and this year might be the year where, like, you know, I'm going to step into fully trusting and believing in Jesus Christ. It might be serving in the church somewhere. It might be finding a way to use your gifts, growing in faith, finding a place to lead, to grow, to use the gifts that God has for you. It could be something like that. What about your circle of friends? Let's talk friends for a minute, kids and teenagers especially, but also the grown-ups. We're going to talk about your friends for a little bit, okay? You have a capacity either to be influenced by your circle of friends or to influence your circle of friends. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That means when two people are in relationship together, discipleship happens. There's a relationship, a friendship, and it's meant to cause both parties to be sharpened, to be more godly. This is the point of relationships. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. What Proverbs is saying, what the author is saying is, who you surround yourself with will influence you. Who are your influencers? Who is your circle of friends? Grown-ups all the way down to the kids. Who you hang around is going to influence you for the good or for the bad. It might be something like Proverbs said, where you have a group of friends that are sharpening you in your faith, that are causing you to become more godly. I love that uh, our kids in our house are part of a great group of high school kids in this church. They hang out a lot. Sometimes they're hanging out at our house, and it's super fun, and I'm, I'm now in the weird spot where I'm like, oh, I'm the, I'm the lame dad. I'm like, hey, let's hang out, kids, and play games, and they're looking at me like, yeah, I'll see you later, Mr. Jeff. Um, I love that there is a group of friends that my kids are around that are followers of Jesus that are going to spur them on to righteousness for the most part. Um, I love that this is happening. Who you surround yourself with is going to have an influence on you. So, kids, if you've got a group of friends that are bad influences, you might need a new group of friends. But regardless of who you're around, make sure that when you're with a group of friends, you are the influencer and not the one being influenced. Make sure you are the one being salt and light. And if you can't do that with a group of friends, then you've got to get around a different group of friends because we want you around friends that are going to edify you and build you up and spur you towards godliness. Parents said amen to that. Teenagers as well. Grown-ups, same thing for us. Who are you around? Who is influencing you? We all have someone in our life that we can disciple, that we can mentor, that we can speak life into, and we all have someone in our life that can mentor us or speak life into us or disciple us. Let's, make, let's take advantage of those opportunities. Let's spend some of our influence currency this year in growing, in discipling others, and being discipled. Someone that you can influence and someone that's going to influence you towards godliness, to spur you on towards godliness. And the last thing I'm going to say is this. We've talked about yourself, your, your health, your church, your friends. What about your world, your community, your, your circles of influence whether it's in your workplace, your community, in the city, around the country, around the world. You have a lot of resource currency at your disposal in the next 365 days. You have time. You have energy. You have money. 
you have creativity, you have gifts that God has given you. What investment will be made and what will be the return? At the end of this next year, you can look back and say, okay, I had 365 days of time and money and energy and I put it somewhere and you're going to look back and you're going to say, what did it accomplish? Was it a lot of just staring at a phone? Was it a lot of personal growth and development, time and prayer, uh, sharing your faith with somebody? Wouldn't it be amazing at the end of the year, we all looked back and we said, there was people in my life that at the start of the year did not know Jesus, and now because of an investment that I made of my time and energy, they are now following Jesus and growing in their faith. That is what should be the heart motivation of our church any time, any year. What are you going to invest in this year? A year of faith in Jesus Christ that is fully surrendered and making an impact, we have no idea what the Lord can do through that, right? But a year following Jesus that doesn't impact anybody for good, that doesn't make a difference, well, that's a waste. That's a waste of a year. That's a waste of all this currency that God has given us. And not only a waste, it's disobedience. Jesus talked about that. It's salt that's lost its saltiness. It doesn't really do much. It's light that's put under a lampshade or a a bowl or something to hide the light. It's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. You are called to influence the world around you like salt and light. And how you live can bring glory to God. How you live can cause people to worship God. Think about that. How you live can cause people to worship God. So how are you going to spend your influence currency in 2023? So I'm going to close in prayer, and then here's what we're going to do. We're going to huddle up either with your family, and if you need a piece of paper, um, and if you just don't want to do this and you just want to kind of, we'll have some music playing, and you can just kind of sit and listen to the music. In about 10 minutes, we're going to get ready for New Year's party. But I'd love us to take 10 minutes as individuals or family and talk about that. It says on your piece of paper, how will you spend your influence currency in 2023? How will you do impact you, your family or church, your friends and your world? It could be something you're praying for, a goal that you have, Um, a way that you think you could make a difference in your world, someone that you want to share your faith with. And let's spend some time as families or individuals just praying a little bit, committing this new year to the Lord, and then we will get the party going in about 10 minutes. Okay, so let me pray as we close, and then we'll go on from there. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this at the start of a new year, that you have plans for each of us, that you have good, that you are working for each of us. And Lord, I pray for those who are weary and tired today, 2022 was a tough year for them, and they are just trying to survive. I pray that you would fill them with some hope and some encouragement and some assurance that you still have good plans for their lives. And for all of us, Lord, I pray that we would, again, make that commitment to make the most of our days, for our days are short, and we need to make the most of them. So, Lord, speak to us in ways that we can